Hey everybody, this is Chris Harrison. You know, uh, my title is President of Agape International and I hate titles. And so, uh, really, my name's Chris. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and I'm a good old boy from Alabama. And you know, if I was gonna be like Paul, I would say that uh, I am an apostle of Jesus Christ to the unreached and unengaged people of the nations, uh, specifically in the 1040 window. That's where God has called me to. An apostle is simply a sent one, somebody that God has sent out to bring the gospel to those that have never heard it. That's all it is. In fact, it's where we get the word missionary. Um, and so um, the, the word missionary comes from a Latin word, missiere, um, where Jerome in his Latin Vulgate translated the word apostle um, 79 times to the word missiere, which means missionary, where we get our word missionary from. So a missionary is just an apostle, a true missionary is an apostle doing an apostle's work, which is planting works where there are none. That's one of my favorite works. My favorite, uh, I guess, verses is Acts uh, 20, 24, that, um, you know, my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for the purpose for which um, God has called me, which is to bring the wonderful grace of God to the people who haven't heard it. And then Romans 15, 20, and 21 says, I'm not going to plant a church where there's one already planted, um, but God has called me to, to preach the gospel where there is no foundation. And that is the calling that God has given unto me. I didn't give exact quotes um, there, by the way. Those are paraphrases of mine, but they're pretty close. Um, and definitely the meaning of what those verses are about. So, um, but why do I spend my life preaching the gospel to the unreached and unengaged. Why do I do that? I do that because from a very early age, God showed me my calling. You know, um, we had uh, T.L. Osborne. We met T.L. Osborne. I went to his house in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I have a picture of him close to him. And uh, my mom and dad were in the picture, and my sister. And also um, uh, there was uh, Tommy O'Dell and uh, his wife, which is the grandson of T.L. Osborne, they had been at our church for a few weeks doing evangelism. I had been hearing them speak in tongues, and I went in, and they laid hands on me, and I began to speak in tongues and immediately began to have dreams and visions, immediately at age five. Jesus began to appear to me, and he would, me and him would fly through the air to a swing set at a friend's house, my favorite place to go. I used to love to go to his house. We would fly over there, get in a swing set, and he would put me in his lap, and he would swing me in a swing and tell me Bible stories that I had not heard in church. I would wake up, tell my parents about it, and they would say, are you sure you didn't hear that in you know, Sunday school or something? And I would say, no, Jesus told me last night. Well, at first they didn't believe it, but after it happened six days in a row, well, they suddenly believed it. And, uh, uh, and it happened for weeks and weeks and weeks. In fact, it happened for two years. For two years, Jesus visited me and probably never went more than two weeks without visiting my dreams. So he was definitely there in dream form. Um, and there were sometimes he was there in what I would call vision form because I was somewhere between awake and asleep when he was talking to me. But most of the time we went to my swing set, uh, my favorite place, and, and, and most of the time it was just Bible stories. Sometimes he talked to me about my future calling, and he said I'd be like Peter. Um, and that's been true. Peter had his foot in his mouth <laughs> one minute and great revelation from God the next minute. And... You know, that's pretty much what I've turned out to be. So uh, I think that's been pretty, uh, pretty accurate, what Jesus said to me. Um, but the last dream I ever had in that way, I've had many spiritual dreams, but, but that kind of dream that was so vivid, so real, so like it actually happened, 
was wasn't wasn't Jesus um, in the dream. It was uh, a truck full of what seemed like millions of Asian people. At that time, I didn't know what Asians were. It was years before I even knew they were Asians. I just knew what they looked like, and um, they uh, they looked like Asian people. And the unique thing is, uh, I asked for someone to draw a painting and make a uh, to be able to to tell this story. And God gave her the dream the night before she was going to paint. And she saw the same dream I had and woke up in a panic crying because she saw all that I had saw. And she painted it exactly as I saw it. And it was chilling. It was chilling, to say the least. Um, but in the dream, um, I was trying to stop this truck that was headed for a cliff that I knew to be hell. And I was trying to stop it from going into hell. So I was jumping out in front of the truck, and I was trying to get his attention, saying there's troubles ahead. Slammed on his brake, and he stopped, and he asked me what's wrong. And I said, hey, the road's out, and there's a, uh, and hell is right up there. And if you keep driving, you're going to drive all these people into hell. And suddenly, as I'm talking to him, Satan appeared, um, and he appeared in a huge form, um, really, really big. He began to laugh with a deep laugh, and he kicked the truck off into hell. And then he looked directly at me in my eyes, and he said, there's nothing you can do about this. Now, that's the last thing you want to say to me, because I come from a competitive family. You tell us we can't do something, we're probably going to do it. <laughs> you tell us we shouldn't do something, we're probably going to do it. And um, uh, that's not always a good thing, but in some cases it has been. And uh, he said, there's nothing you can do about it. And you know what I did? I jumped up. I was bawling, by the way. And I ran into my parents' room, woke them up, and I said, uh, Mom and Dad, I said, buy me a suit. God's called me to be a preacher, and I'm going to tell as many people to get off of the road to hell as possible. And they said, what do you mean the road to hell? You know, and it was hard to explain to them, but I just told the story of the dream to them. And so um, I really, uh, it was like it really happened. It felt like it really happened. It was years before I would actually... Um, I mean, I met Asians, of course, but it was years before um, I was able to minister to Asians. And, um, you know, I went to Jamaica and some things, but, but it was years before I ended up going to the Philippines. And I was uh, about 26, 27, went there and ministered. Um, and, man, the doors that opened up were incredible. And, and I don't want this to come across in any kind of an arrogant way. Um, it's just what happened when I was there. I was supposed to preach two times. In fact, every preacher was supposed to preach two times. And to the best of my knowledge, there was eight of us that were there. And, and so eight of us are there. We're all supposed to all preach twice at a pastor's conference, all right? At this conference was 500 people that were represented from all over um, many different countries. Some had flown in. Some had, some had walked 25 miles to get on a bus and drive 16 hours on a bus after walking 25 miles. I mean, I couldn't believe it. But when I got up to preach, um, I was about the fourth or fifth one to preach. The reaction with the crowd was not the same as with everyone else. There was a, a roar that came through the place that was a holy roar. And people ran to the altar without being called upon, fell on their face, and stayed there for hours. Um, as a result, at lunch, we were eating lunch. I couldn't even eat because I was so overwhelmed by the Spirit. Um, one of the pastors said, hey, I didn't feel nothing when I was up there. And I'd wondered if you would take my spot this afternoon at 4 o'clock. 
And I said, absolutely. Um, and I mean, I was 27. I, I would have preached 100 times a day. So, you know, um, I said, yeah, I'll, I'll preach. And so I preached, and after I did, another move of God happened. Next morning, um, somebody said, would you take my 9 o'clock spot this morning? <clears throat> and I said, sure. And I preached the next morning. And then people started coming to me. In fact, every single person, to my knowledge, every person who was on the trip asked me to speak at least one of their spots. One person asked me to preach both of their spots. They went there, I guess, just to hang out. Um, but I preached both their spots. I ended up preaching, I don't know how many times, but, but, but something like 10 or 12, 13 times, I don't know. And then on Sunday morning, the big church, the massive church, was held for the main preacher, Pastor Steve Vickers, um, was going to preach at the main big church. And he's my, he was my dad's pastor when my dad was alive. He was my dad's pastor. And he's still alive today as, a, as an elderly man, man of God. And um, he said, Chris, uh, you're going with me today. Now, he didn't say, Chris, you're going with me today because you're preaching. He said, Chris, you're going with me today. And I said, yes, sir. I just did whatever he said. He was my, he was my dad's pastor. He's like my grandpa in the faith. <laughs> so I did whatever he said. I went with him in the Philippines. And when I got there, um, he said, by the way, you're preaching today. And I said, what? I'm preaching? And I had minutes before service started. He said, yep. He said, I wanted to see how you did without me telling you that you were going to have to preach if you were able to do it and uh, without being prepared. And I said, oh, I can do that all day, brother. And uh, he laughed about it. And he said, well, I figured you could. And, uh, and he said, you remind me a lot of me. And uh, he said, uh, you're going to preach for me today. And I'm going to tell the pastor that my voice is worn out and uh, from the night meetings. And I want you to preach today's message. And he said, but also, I feel like the Lord has something for you in Asia. And I want to see what it is today. So we sit through the service, and it, it was ridiculous. Um, the Holy Spirit fell in this place, and the people were all over the altar, and it lasted hours upon hours upon hours upon hours. When it was finally over, we got in the car, and he said, well, I know what it is. He said, God's, God's got something for you here. There's an inheritance in Asia for you, and it's going to sit here until you come get it. And you can wait 10 years. You can come next year. Um, you can wait 20 years. But it'll be there when you come and, and decide to go get it. There's an inheritance for you, and you're going to have to go to Asia eventually. And unfortunately, I waited way too long. Um, and I waited until I was about 42. Uh, I was, actually, I was 41 um, to come to Asia. And uh, I turned 42 not that long after I got here. And um, so I've been here four and a half years now. So, um, so now I've just turned 46. Um, but... Uh, I should have came way before that, but I kept in the back of my mind that Thailand was where I was going to go. Because when I was in the Philippines, I heard a man of God from GoTo Nations, who was the Southeast Asia director, I heard him say if he was going to start over in life, he would go to Thailand, and he would start in Thailand. Because he said it's the center of the 1040 window, and he said the farthest place you have to fly to in the 1040 window is six hours and you can reach the unreached in the 1040 window. And he said, but the closest that you have to go is your next door neighbor. So it's the perfect place because it's the, it's the absolute center of the 1040 window. And if I was going to start over today, I wouldn't go to the Philippines. I would go to Thailand. And I was like, wow. Do you know that was the only time I ever heard him speak and talk? And it stayed in my mind all those years from age 26 or so until I was 41 and decided to go 15 years later and moved to the mission field 13 to 15 years later 
Uh, I don't remember exactly, but somewhere in that range. And, uh, and I decided it's time to go. You know where I went? I went to the one country in all of Southeast Asia I hadn't gone to, uh, which is Thailand, because I felt that God had spoke to me through that man that this is the place to be. And uh, so I came to Thailand for that purpose. Now, we're going to take a short intermission right now because I want you to watch this miracle story because this miracle story really sets the pace for everything that happened after this uh, miracle that you're going to see that happened. Um, everything that happened in Asia since I've been here, all the amazing things. Um, you know, it's great that I've been laid hands on by some of the greatest men of God that's ever lived. It's great that I've been a part of some of the greatest move of God's ever happened in America. But I'm where I'm supposed to be now in Asia. And I've been able to travel back and forth to plant churches in 15 nations and Bible schools and, and all these places. But now I'm where I'm supposed to be living in Asia, living in Thailand. And when I first came here, I knew I was supposed to prove that what God had showed me is the way to do things. I had learned, because when I first got here, I had to go to Laos for my um, visa. When I was there, I met some people in the underground church, and I met a bishop who passed away a couple years ago who is known as the bishop who really, really took the gospel to another level. He had a 10-year vision when he was 82 years old, and he died at 84. And uh, his vision was to reach every district with the gospel, and, and it's happening. His vision is still happening. But he, he, he said he had a dream of a young man doing what I'm doing now. And he said taking what, what he had to teach and, and, and taking it to the world. But he wasn't allowed to leave the country because he was under house arrest for some things he had done for Jesus in, uh, in Laos. But I promised him I would take what he had taught. Uh, to the nation. So he said, well, sit down. I got things to teach you then. <laughs> so I sat down and he taught me those things. And it really began after this miracle that you're going to watch right now. ก่อนที่จะมาเจอพระเยซูคริสต์เจ้าก่อนที่ท่านจะประทานพรให้ได้ชีวิตใหม่ได้กู้ชีวิตครอบครัวกลับคืนมาจนทุกวันนี้เม
มีความหวังเมื่อคิดสมาธิที่ผ่านมาครูน้อยมาชวนให้ไปรับของแล้วก็มีมีมีก็ตั้งใจเปิดใจรับหลังจากที่ได้รับความแบ่งปันได้ไปหาท่านตอนคิดสมาธิหลังจากนั้นก็นั่งคิดทบทวนตอนกลางคืนได้ก็นั่งขอพรน,นั่งอธิษฐานจนเกือบจะสว่างครั้งแรกเลยพี่เกตนั่งเกือบทั้งคืนพี่เกตนั่งกลางที่ล่งแจ้งเลยเพราะว่าชีวิตมันวิกฤตจริงๆทำเกือบทั้งคืนได้รับจริงๆนั่งเกือบทั้งคืนเกือบจะสว่างแล้วก็หลังจากนั้นแม่อีกสองคืนในความฝันมีคนมาส่งของให้มันมันมันเหมือนอ่ะเหมือนเหมือนไข่เอาไอ้อย่างมันยืนนุ่งอ่ะพี่แมนเหมือนหัวบังหัวเป็นไข่อบังหัวเป็นไข่ก็บังหันลูกหันล่างนะก็บังหัวเป็นไข่แต่หัวเพิ่นเอาของมายืนนุ่งอันยืนนุ่งเราก็เอามือข้างที่เจี๊ยบเนี่ยไปห้าเออแล้วก็ตกอย่างเมื่อวานแม่อีเนาะเอ๊ะไอ้อย่างอย่างใดเนี่ยดิ้นก็บาดเจ็บบาดหยางย้ายย้ายของไม่หน่อยย้ายย้ายดูแขนเนี่ยไอ้หนอหลังจากนั้นเราก็เชื่อด้วยตัวเองว่าเราได้รับพรจากพระเยซูคริสต์เจ้าจนหายอยู่ทุกวันนี้อยากจะแบ่งปันให้คนทั่วโลกทั้งหลายได้รับรู้ว่าถ้าเราปักใจตั้งใจเชื่อด้วยอย่างการเจ็บป่วยตอนนี้ได้รับพรได้รับการรักษาจากท่านก็หายดีแล้วข้อสําคัญบอกด้วยตัวเองเลยว่าพระเยซูคริสต์เจ้าอ่ะท่านมีจริงทุกวันนี้ท่านประทานทอนให้ท่านให้ชีวิตครอบครัวกับแม่สมบูรณ์เหมือนเดิมพระเจ้ามีจริงได้รับด้วยตัวเองสัมผัสด้วยตัวเองพระเจ้าทรงมาส่วยเหลือทรงมาแบ่งปันให้ยื่นมือรับกันเถอะโอกาสมาถึงแล้วก็จะขอถวายชีวิตเป็นลูกของท่านชวนิดนิลันพระเจ้ามีจริงนั่นคือความสุดยอดของการทำงานที่ผมชอบที่สุดที่ผมชอบที่สุดที่ผมชอบที่สุดที่ผมชอบที่สุดที่ผมชอบที่สุดที่ผมชอบที่สุดที่ผมชอบที่สุดที่ผมชอบที่สุดที่ผมชอบที่สุดที่ผมชอบที่สุดที่ผมชอบที่สุดที่ผมชอบที่สุดที่ผมชอบที่สุดที่ผมชอบที่สุดที่ผมชอบที่สุดที่ผมชอบที่สุดที่ผมชอบที่สุดที่ผมชอบที่สุดที่ผมชอบที่สุดที่ผมชอบที่สุดที่ผมชอบที่สุดที่ผมชอบที่สุดที่ผมชอบที่สุดที่ผมชอบที่สุดที่ผมชอบที่สุดที่ผมชอบที่สุดที่ผม And um, uh, so she brought her family, and guess what? They got healed. They got delivered. They got saved. God changed their life. And as a result of them getting their lives changed through the gospel message, we were able to plant a church. We planted Blessing Church. It grew and grew and grew until we had nine locations of Blessing Church. And then COVID-19 shut that down. The government shut it down, and we had to... Do some things, and it's a miracle we made it through. But we made it through. We came back out of that, and we begin to train pastors to do what we're doing. Um, that we learned from this great man of God, but we kind of put our own flavor on it. And that is, we preach the gospel the way Paul said to in First Corinthians 15. He said to preach the gospel that Christ died according to the Scripture, that He was buried, that He raised from the dead according to the Scripture, that He was seen alive by more than 500 people. And then Paul added, "And I saw Him too." Or you could say your personal testimony. 
So we said, that's the gospel message because Paul said, when you heard this and you believed it, you were saved. <laughs> well, that tells me that's the gospel message that saves you. And we'll add two things to it, and that is God made the world perfect. There was no sin, no shame, no pain, no devil, no evil. But man sinned and invited a curse and invited death and invited evil. And then God sent his only son to become the perfect sacrifice. And we go into those five points that Paul talked about. And we share the gospel. And we also ask, is there something that you need that um, we can pray to our God, Jesus Christ, for you to be healed of or to be touched from. And people will tell us all about their diseases. And we say, we'll, we want to pray for you, but first we need to share something with you. And we share that gospel message. And I think it's important because the Bible says that the gospel is the power to save. And that word save means save, heal, deliver, protected, and made whole. So they've got to hear the gospel, and, and the Bible says they came to hear and to be healed. To hear and to be healed. So they've got to hear the gospel message in order to be healed. When, 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 when Philip was out preaching the gospel, what happened? The Bible says, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did, they came to believe the gospel message. They were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And so I think that, that that's an important element, miracles. And so that's what we've brought that some others haven't brought. And we, have, um, we, we preach a very specific message. We pray for the sick. And then we go in and disciple them for seven weeks where we, we take each part of the gospel and share a little bit about it. The seventh one's about baptism. We, if they decide they want to believe, they've got enough information to make that choice. They are then baptized. And then we uh, either start a, a church there or we invite them to the other church. But our goal is to start many house churches all over Asia in this way um, because most places are going to have to have house churches. They're not going to be able to build a building and all that kind of stuff. It's not even important to do that. So we want them to continue the model of duplicating in houses. That's the best way. And I tell you, even in America, you want to make a difference? Go out and find a person of peace. Um, this is what Jesus said to do. Find a person of peace. All right? And then he said, don't go door to door. Stay at that person's house. In other words, keep going back there over and over. And, and, and so, so find that person of peace. Who's the person of peace? Somebody open to the gospel. And then, um, then go back week after week for seven weeks and share the Bible study. We'll give you that for free if you, if you, if you write to us. Um, you can write to kate at aim1040.com, and we'll make sure that you get what you need, K-A-T-E, at aim1040.com and you will get what you need. Um, and we'll make sure that you get that uh, booklet where you can, we'll give you the online version, and you can uh, actually take people through the seven weeks of learning about the gospel. At the end, they get a chance to be baptized. Once they're baptized, then you can start a house church right there in their house. And if you don't want to call it a house church, you can call it a small group and invite them to your church on Sunday morning. It doesn't really matter as long as they give their life to Christ and they're discipled. All right, we're called to make disciples, all right? And that's the main thing about it. Um, now listen, I want to say this to you. I don't feel in the natural realm like I'm called. In other words, I don't feel like I'm worthy of being called, I should say. I don't feel like I'm somebody that uh, is that gifted or anything like that. I definitely used to not be a, a speaker. Um, and and I, I remember I used to be so embarrassed in my voice because it was more high-pitched and it's much more deep now because I've used it so much. But back then I was so embarrassed in my voice that I used to practice 
you know, preaching a bunch to try to get it deeper because uh, it sounded so embarrassing that I thought I would never be a preacher. Um, and some of you may feel like you're not a speaker and you're not a preacher and, and, and whatever. And, and I want to say something. You can be a minister without being a preacher, by the way. There's so many different ways to minister to people. Maybe God's going to use you just in the healing ministry. Maybe he's going to use you in the prophetic. Maybe he's going to use you uh, uh, in the discerning of spirits. I don't know how he's going to use you, but listen, this is what I'm going to ask you to do. Is ask God, is, is there a heart that you have for the nations? If there's something on the inside you have for the nations, let me tell you something, there's enough workers in your country, most likely. If you live in America, definitely there's enough workers there. And in a lot of Western countries, there's enough workers there. We need people in the unreached places. It's really sad to know that um, out, of, out of the 100,000 evangelical evangelists or evangelical missionaries, I should say, that are out there right now, out of the 100,000, only 3% are working among the 3.1 billion people that are unreached with the gospel. Imagine that. That's a difficult task for us to do with only 3,000 of us. We need more of you to sell what you have and get on out here and help us do the work. Most importantly, help us train Asian people because we believe they're the ones God has called to reach the final group. Why? Well, if you look like me, uh, statistically speaking, you can't go to uh, about 60% of the countries, all right? So you can go to 40% of the unreached countries, but you can't go to 60% of them. So uh, if you're a white person, um, sorry, you're out of luck, but if you look like somebody from Asia, um, there's no place you can't go. And so we are empowering them to be able to go places that we can't go. But we, do, we still need teachers and trainers and people that are willing to do that. So I'm going to ask you to pray. Are you called by God to go? Should you go? Are you supposed to go? God has used me to do amazing things. We've planted churches all over the world, over 500 churches. There's 1,500, there's 15 Bible schools. Over half a million people have uh, heard the gospel in one way or another. Um, we've printed 100, 000, almost 100,000 booklets uh, that share about the gospel, uh, 89,000, but on our way to 100,000. And statistically speaking, that means that about two and a half million people will actually read those gospel booklets. That's a lot of people, but that's just the start. Imagine duplicating yourself. Imagine that. Now, on the day of Pentecost, Peter preached the gospel. When he preached the gospel, 3,000 people were saved in one day. Let me ask you a question. What do you think would happen? How long do you think it would take if Peter did that every day his whole life? All right. Um, every day he preached and 3,000 came to Christ. Let's imagine it's you and you're a young person. And every day you preached 3,000 people came to Christ. How long would it take you to reach the entire world? You would never do it. Never. Because the population of the world is going to outpace um, the amount of people that are giving their life to Christ. All right? You can't do it. But what if one person, just one, taught just one person to believe in Jesus and told them to do the same thing. Said, next year I want you to go reach one person, all right? And each year you just reach one for Christ. And then that same person every year just reached one person for Jesus and taught them to do the same thing. And that's all you ever did the rest of your life. How long would it take to reach the whole world? 38 years. And that's if nobody was saved. And that's if you were the only one working. I want you to imagine that. You're the only one doing it this way. 
That's ridiculous. Why haven't we reached the world if that's the case? You got one person and they're teaching another person about Christ and then showing them to do the same thing every day of their life or every year of their life. And they're continuing to do that. In 38 years, the entire world will be reached with the gospel. We can do better than that. According to some, some other statistics, um, we can actually reach the world in about five years if we just did what Christians are supposed to do. In less than five years, everybody in the world will have heard if people just did what they're supposed to do. So I want to invite you to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to the nations. I want to invite you to pray and ask God, is he calling you uh, with a burden for the nations to give and support? Or is he calling you to go and be a preacher of the gospel to the nations or serve in some capacity? I want you to pray about that. And when God tells you, I want you to go and be obedient. And if we all do what God says, it's going to be done fast. All right? Love you guys. Thank you for giving me time to share my heart with you today. God bless you.